0: Podcasting from Houston, Texas, I am your host, Simvithi Sade, a member of the Racial Geography Project, a research collective that investigates histories of racism and racialization registered in Rice University's land, building, and monuments. This is an initiative of the University's Task Force on Slavery, Segregation, and Racial Injustice. This episode, titled Building a University from the Ground Up, A history of labor at Rice University spotlights the people who worked to build and maintain the physical campus we today know as Rice. Construction work on what was then called the Rice Institute started in the summer of 1910. The very first building, the Administration Building, today known as Lovett Hall, was completed in 1912. Other early buildings, the Physics Building and the Mechanical Laboratory, had ongoing construction until after the Institute formally opened. An article that appeared in the Houston Chronicle in 1912, titled 600 Men Toil to Finish $10 Million School in Time, describes these toiling workers as sun-brown workmen, sun-tanned men, and an army of men with bronze skins. While emphasizing the darker skin of the construction workers, the article declines to directly identify them as non-white, instead adopting euphemistic language to hint at it. However, a large amount of photographs of the construction of Rice's buildings, from the earliest days of the Institute until the end of the 1930s, unambiguously showed that much of the physical labor was performed by Black and Hispanic men. This podcast episode tells some of their stories. It's significant that after archival research, I don't know most of their names. But I can tell you that photographic evidence from the early construction period reveals that men of color were among those who built this campus. For instance, I know that all of the materials used in the campus buildings and for the roads as well as fuel for the power plant, were brought in by the San Antonio and Aransas Pass Railway Spur, which was completed in 1913. Photographs from 1914 show black men loading and unloading the fuel tanks. More pictures from the construction of the first few buildings in the early 1910s, such as the Administration Building and the Physics Building, show black workers engaged in physical labor. Apart from the photographic evidence, there are other records that provide information about early campus workers, such as a 1912 payroll timesheet for the construction of a cinder track for an athletic field where the track and soccer stadium is today. It can be deduced from their last names in the timesheet that most of these laborers were Hispanic, paid an average of 20 cents per hour. Some of the workers' last names are Ramirez, Rojas, Gomez, and Gonzalez, and they may have worked alongside the black workers viewed in the photographs. More evidence for the identities of these workers lies in records of Tony Martino's grounds crew. Martino was an Italian immigrant from Sicily and the main gardener at Rice from 1916 to 1948. In an interview with Ray Strange, daughter of the supervising architect William Ward Watkins, she recalls of Martino's crew that not many of them spoke English. These workers lived in a densely wooded area along the now buried Harris Bayou. If you walk through the wildflowers from Rice College to the Medical Center, you're nearby. Referring to the noisome Harris Gully which ran behind the old stadium, today the Lay Track in Holloway Field, Rice Librarian Hardin Craig Jr. recalls in a nineteen sixty six letter how wild and overgrown that part of campus was, when the old house and barn for the mule team was still there. In a twenty twelve video, Sergio Garcia, the son of Jose Garcia who worked under Tony Martino, describes his experience growing up in this area as living in the middle of nowhere. Another notable person who helped take care of Rice's campus in its early years was Elijah Ramirez. Along with being a long-serving rice maintenance man from 1913 to 1956, Ramirez was an early hero in the struggle for Mexican-American civil rights in Houston and Texas. He established the Sociedad Mutualista Benito Juarez, to help newly arrived Mexican immigrants become American citizens while retaining their cultural heritage, and also founded the first Houston Council of the League of United Latin American Citizens. Ramirez further led the successful effort to establish and maintain what is now known as Hidalgo Park in the East End, as Mexican Americans were barred from using the community's other park. In 1999, the Texas State Senate named a state office building in downtown Houston after Elias Ramirez. Elias in response to a request by the Tejano Association for Historical Preservation. He is not commemorated at Rice, nor are his colleagues. These are just some of the stories and evidence we've collected about the workers who built Rice University. In the face of archival gaps, identifying their names and remembering their stories is an important step in recognizing that it was largely Black and Hispanic people who built this campus despite its original charter restricting enrollment to only white students, and further understanding the racial dynamics that underpinned its creation and persist in its fabric. Today, 80% of the people who take care of our campus, its grounds, its buildings, its students' daily lives, are Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Put the good book down Put the good book down. Put it down and i put it down and I put, put it down and I'll set you free. Thank you for listening to the Rice University Racial Geography Podcast. New episodes are coming soon. Thank you to the scholars and researchers that have been helping us with our work. We are grateful for support from the Rice University Humanities Research Center and the University's Race and Anti-Racism Research Fund. To find out more about the project, you can go to our Instagram at Project. This is an original podcast series made by the Racial Geography Project, a research collaborative led by Fabiola Lopez-Duran and Adrian Rooney. It features New Freedom Remix, an original sound composition and performance by Lisa E. Harris.